This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Let's see what we have here. A little fly over here. Let's come around, Red 5. I've got different coordinates than what our comm says. That can't be. Got the chatter, pilots. We've got a mission to. What was that? Red 5, Red 5. Come around to point 02 and stabilize. Uh, Red 5? Stand by. I got a little trouble here. Whoa, that was close. I see that. TIE Fighters! You've been spotted. R7, we've got a rear junction relay giving it a flak back there. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Hang on to something, everyone. This is Red 5 Mission. conversations i'm charles and i'm patrick one kenobi and this is episode 48 from factories to ships the front lines of battlefields to the co-pilots of starfighters from serving drinks to stealing death star plans in a galaxy far far away these mechanical characters take on a life of their own droids <laughs> serving drinks to steal <laughs> that's, that's a pretty R2-D2 did both. I was going to say, that's one droid. It's kind of narrow, isn't it? <laughs> you're too narrow-minded fool, yeah. Uh, whoa. Uh, okay. Huh? All right, that works. So welcome to Conversations. We have some special friends here tonight. We've got Justice and Gary from Pod Wars. And we are doing part two of our deep dive into droids. Guys, thanks for coming on and um, agreeing to speak to us after uh, your show. Um, and just to let you know, I'm not angry, but it's Dr. Gary to you guys here. Um, I prefer the formalities. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Can we call so you I'm Professor? <laughs> Plug the Professor in the back. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys see what I'm dealing with every single time I record with Gary? Like, it's it's... It's just too much sometimes, so I'm glad I get to come on and hang on with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a burden. It's a burden he bears. He doesn't try and pull rank on our show. That's good. <laughs> Fake doctorates and all. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So, um, as we alluded to before, um, this is part two of the droids. And in part one on Pod Wars show, we start off not just with the history of robots and robotics and, and Asimov's laws and all that kind of stuff and how they rolled into Lucas's world that he built with the uh, the droid. We delve deep into some of the characteristics of what make the droids turn, what makes people like the droids, uh, some of the characteristics, good droids, bad droids. We even got into sentience and do droids have that sentient about them and if that does actually happen how does that affect our perception of the droid so if you haven't listened to part one head on over to pod wars listen to part one and then 
come right back. Or or listen to this, go back and listen to the other one, and then come back and listen to it a second time. Second too. time. Preferably with a yeah. different device, because that'll give us a second download. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, before we jump into part two, why don't uh, why don't you guys give us a little bit of backstory on uh, Pod Wars? Well, at first it started as mainly an excuse to hang out and talk nerdy stuff without our wives getting incredibly pissed, and <laughs> that has it's definitely continued. But now we've added in you know an odd air of legitimacy, which has definitely not been around in the beginning. And we have a lot more guests coming in. We'd like to add in a lot of content creators that we love um, within the realm of geeky media. We cover everything between Star Wars, Marvel, and all kinds of other stuff that if you're into geeky media, you'd probably be into. We got guys like animators from Force Awakens, Chris Lutz, a stuntman for Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean. Recent episode that will be released before this one on... uh, Tim Naylor, the animator for Yoda in the prequels. We like to do a mix of Justice and myself nerding out and then bringing in these content creators to talk about the content that really just shaped us as individuals. That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, you guys really uh, have a pretty cool chemistry and back and forth. And, of course, your um, reason for doing this, not getting on the wives' nerves, is uh, near and dear to our hearts, too. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> identify with that yes. sure. my, my wife has gotten to the point where she's like you can keep on doing it as long as you're working towards getting Brie Larson or Taylor Swift on and I'm like okay like I'll, I'll, I'll try I'll try like, I can see what I do Captain Marvel once does that count yeah <laughs> but to be honest your track record with your guests is absolutely fantastic you know we were talking about that before we started recording and you guys have an, an amazing array of guests not just with Star Wars which of course we love but through comics and through film creators and voice actors and actresses it's the gamut that of guests that you guys have on uh is absolutely like i said inspirational because we at one day have james arnold taylor on our on our show so uh we're actually going to conscript you guys to get him on your show and then have us join in (laughs) we're we're still working on bothering him incessantly until he finally says hello to us (laughs) and it's a work in progress He, he has said hello to us. Yeah. Hmm. We've had such notable guests as Rob from the Jedi Temple Archive. Yes. Yeah. yeah, what's cool about the Red 5 Network is that, like, you know, if we don't have the opportunity, like, if, if someone has the opportunity to, you know, meet with someone, it's cool that we could just hop over and listen to that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like a, it's, it's very much this, like, collective group where we, there's a lot of content that, you know, we can all experience. Absolutely. So, droids. Pat, why don't you lead us off on the where we are? <laughs> I already gave you an intro. What more do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Part two is all about Chopper, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, so, there's this show called Rebels. And it has this droid, c one Um No, uh, so, okay, so we talked about, uh, like, sentience and... B1 battle droids and, you know, whatever. Uh, so I guess um, I, what we didn't really – we talked a little bit about R2 and Studio. Droids, I think I, – I mentioned on, on Pod Wars that there's a certain humanity to the droids, which helps, you know, in this world of fantasy and, you know, sci-fi and space fiction and all that, 
there's so much that's incredible and, and unreal in earthly terms. Okay. But one of the strangest things about it is the grounding that the droids give the viewer. And that's their, their personalities, their humanity. Because you've got these characters that you can identify with. I can identify with them. Um, I'm a sarcastic son of a sand person. And, um, <laughs> You're a KTSO. And, and, <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then I have K2SO that I can identify with. So there's a lot of different sort of personalities in these droids that are, that are very humanistic. I think that that's really very interesting from a robot perspective to have such differences. You've got protocol droids that are C-3PO is very proper. And then, of course, you've got um, the droid in, in Bespin that's like a jerk to him. And he's protocol droid, so you're like, wait a minute. So there's like different levels of personality in even the same model droids. I think that's very, very interesting and diverse. And even like different levels of how they're accepted in society. Like you got in A New Hope where droids aren't allowed in the bar. And then you have in Mandalorian, the same bar mm. a few years later where droids are Great point. leading the bar. And that's that is off the L three of that droid liberation again. L <laughs> three, I have mixed feelings about her. Check out our first podcast. It's not a true podcast, Pod Wars, unless we're plugging our own crap. <laughs> and I think we got to that level. <laughs> I, Ten see, minutes I, in, I, I I feel like Mandalorian kind of like I feel like Moss Eisley raised the minimum wage and then they couldn't afford to pay human bartenders. <laughs> So then they went to robots. Right. So do you do you have to pay droids? Like, do you? I don't. Or do you have to pay so. their I mean, masters? Give them a little oil every now and then, and then they're good to go. Or do you do you pay the masters though? Like, well, if the masters don't lend it. It's more the health insurance, in, like issue, and then HR. Like, you don't need human resources if they're not human. Like, mm. there's just Chopper so many human resources. <laughs> Chopper needs human resources. Yes. <laughs> no, Chopper needs to chill the hell down. <laughs> That's what he needs. <laughs> well, if any droid is going to com- commit sexual misconduct, it's him. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> sexual misconduct. <laughs> it's not sexual misconduct if it's consensual, and like anybody with Chopper would be consensual. He is a player. <laughs> <laughs> I love one of my favorite things is uh, in Rebels. Not to not to jump ahead. <laughs> When they meet Lando. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm. <laughs> so, so Lando's so smooth talking and he's just a cool cat, right? So he's, you know, leaning up on Chopper and kind of getting his swagger on. And Chopper's like, nah. <laughs> get, get your hand off. I don't know where that hand's been and I'm not very comfortable with it. So, <laughs> nope. <I> need- <laughs> nope. And we know he's into droids because of L3. So, like, right. the chopper, right. chopper knows, like, and chopper's history. like, no means no, buddy. No means no. <laughs> and then, of course, he throws in a couple of these because he's done. He's, he's, he's not having it. And that's, again, that's the kind of like cantankerous attitude. Chopper, I think I like Chopper. That's not a big word. Again, <laughs> not to make this whole episode about Chopper like Charles promised. 
Chopper is essentially my Italian grandfather. Okay. <laughs> so Charles has an Italian father-in-law, so he knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Um, this dude is just cantankerous. He's going to do what he wants to do. And he's going to tell you about what you're doing wrong. And that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly how Chopper is through all of Rebels. Mm. Like with Zeb, with Kanan, all of them. He's like, nope, you guys are idiots. This is how you do it. And then he like takes over and he uses little head arms. He just bip, 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 and he does, does what needs to be done because he doesn't have time for that crap. True. That's absolutely true. <laughs> and he isn't going to change. <laughs> and his accent doesn't change either. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that's probably, I mean, if I talk to a psychologist about this again, that's probably the, the, um, the realization I've come to as to why I love him so much is he reminds me of my grandfather. You have to go to a therapist to talk about these issues. And... <laughs> I don't have to. If you want to. I have, great, I have great health insurance, so it's all covered. <laughs> Let me ask a question to the uh, to all of us here. If we're talking about droids and not necessarily their sentience, but certainly their characteristics or their personality, and we have already, all four of us have defined certain characteristics or certain droids that appeal to us, even Justice, who droids aren't his thing. But even when they're played by humans, it gives them more of a connection to them. Are we able to look at droids and everything that we've talked about in, especially in part one of uh, of the Pod Wars show and what we just talked about, are droids more human than their quote-unquote masters? Meaning, is there particular characteristics and personalities that are more pure and come out more honestly than the heroes that we're actually watching? So this is what just came to my head as you were asking this question, and I hope this answers it. Um when I think about Star Wars, you know, I always think about George Lucas saying it's for kids. And I think like some of the best character moments when it comes to droids, obviously there's a lot in the movies, but it's in the TV shows. And the TV shows are very much for the kids. And so I think there's a lot of moments where these droids have characteristics or moments where it's helping, you know, the, the one episode is showing them a certain thing that they should learn and, you know, can apply to their life where it's like, be kind to everyone. Or I don't know, like those like stupid, like little kitty, like, troops that are supposed to be in a tv show and i feel like a lot of times the robots often can portray that in the star wars shows that and they portray like a greater level of vulnerability like for example i mean you have r2 and anakin you know damn well anakin is not going to take too much damage he's throughout the saga he is a powerhouse but r2 is just a droid trying to get by and then also maybe a better example being kind of chopper compared to the rest of the crew chopper is an old outdated droid and you have the rest of the crew who are like Hera, a great pilot to mm. being a masterful mandalorian warrior ezra and kanan jedi and then an old outdated droid it's like having ipod nano in your crew <laughs> like oh true zeb my boy i love that guy complete powerhouse Mainly because they couldn't cast the Wookiee, but still love him. And <laughs> but they add in that vulnerability that I think adds in in some ways or a lot of ways more humanity. Mm -hmm. Like you know, the droid is not going to suddenly become OP in some sort of force ability because they're just a robot droid. They're mechanically limited. 
unless they're R5 and they have a droid. <laughs> hey, you know, actually think about this. We talked about in the last episode where can droids use the Force? And if you read A Certain Point of View, A New Hope, it talks about how mm-hmm. R5 uses the Force. That's so, true. Ha, there you go. Corporate blood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pat, what do you think? Do you think that um, the droids are more human than their masters? Of course I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Want to qualify? Yeah, I don't know what kind of question this is. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, they absolutely are. Um, they, you know, in terms of um, honesty, oh, yeah. Like, even C-3PO says it on Hoth when they're like, uh, oh, well, you know, Commander Skywalker and Captain Solo are out there, and, like, R2's like, they're probably going to die. they're gonna die and 3 is trying to like sugarcoat it for leia and like he's just like nah they i mean they're they're toast Uh, (laughs) um and uh you know and then you've got like the droid in in jabba's palace that's like you know talking about how you know jabba disintegrated the last protocol droid and just you know just they're just saying how it is you know I think there's the only ones with like any shadiness or ulterior motives are the the bad guys. Interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, the bad guys are liars and jerks. No. <laughs> but well, it, but that's yeah, like <clears throat> what? What? Well, I was gonna say like even the torture droid. Remember the torture droid that's like branding. Um, yeah, like why would you have a torture droid for droids? You have a disassembly droid, right? But do you think those droids that are kind of in that purity of task for probably dubious means, do you think they enjoy it? Like, I always wonder with that scene in Jabba's palace where you had that droid screaming in pain as about as Mm. about to get branded. Mm -hmm. And then, like, A New Hope, where you have that floating droid coming in to torture Leia. Is it going Uh. into this, like, hmm, I just love killing. I just love me some torturing. (laughs) Like, that's in my programming. I just love taking princesses and poking them with a lot of sharp and shocky things. And I think that's where it comes back to, like, is it programmed like that? Like, if you were a triple zero, triple zero would be all over that. But, like, we don't know if it'd be cool if we got the perspective from this torture droid or the the droid that's doing the branding. Like, it would be interesting to get that perspective, like, in a, a certain point of view. But I mean, I, we we don't know, and and since we don't know, I'm gonna assume that like they they don't they don't really care. Yeah, it's like they take pride in a job well done, <laughs> and if their job is you know torture another droid, so be it. If it's pricking princesses with um, big needles, all right, let's do it. You know, it's like all about efficiency, maybe. But I think I think there are some like um, like Mr. Bones. For sure, mm. I think he he likes he likes doing what he does. And BT and Triple Zero, they in in the pages of those comics are totally like bloodthirsty. They're like let's like let's do it. Let's uh, like they get satisfaction out of being terrible droids. Yeah. <laughs> All right. BT goes against Chopper. Who's coming out? Take your love for Chopper aside. I want straight up facts. I want logic and reasoning. Hit me. Okay, before we answer that question, we're going to take a commercial break because I can see Pat's uh, forehead vein popping right now. He's thinking hard. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Has the Empire seized your moisture farm? Has the Empire reprogrammed your droids without your knowledge? Has the Empire taken your speeder? Well, you're in luck. 
I'm Mondo Onaka of Onaka and Melch, attorneys at law. We'll get what you deserve from the Empire. And you'll get something too. Alright, and we're back. So, Justice just asked a very, very compelling question to Pat. Uh, Justice, would you please repeat that question for the uh, wait, listening wait, audience? Wait, wait, wait. Was it a question to me or to the group? I well, like it was... yeah, that's true. It's to I the group. The only person that shouldn't answer is Gary because I really don't care about his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and that was an attack on me. <laughs> a warranted attack, but an attack. <laughs> but, but, but I want, I'm, I'm curious since you guys love Chopper and I've heard you guys you know, on your show, talk about him so much. I, I want, I'm actually curious, like, to your opinion, like, do you think that if, like, we had a ring, like, in, you know, Solo, and it's Chopper versus BT, who's coming out alive? Go ahead. What I'm going to say is that... uh going to weasel his way out of this one is what's going to happen. Well, no. Chop, of course, Chop, unbeknownst to BT, Sabine slipped him some sort of, uh, you know, pistol. Probably like a, you know, uh, <laughs> some sort of weapon that uh, he slyly was able to use against BT and took him out. That's what I'm going to say. His wiliness, his wit, and his uh, resourcefulness uh, saves the day. I'm going with uh, Chopper on that one. Kind of sounds like some plot armor right there, but all right. All right okay, so, okay. So, <laughs> so I think I need to go back and preface that Charles doesn't read the comics as much as I do. So... <laughs> Chopper has, like, a data port access, okay? And these two little arms on his head, mm. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's what he's got. And his spunky can-do attitude. There you go. Uh, doesn't feel like doing, but can-do attitude. BT has a literal arsenal. <laughs> like, he's got everything. And he's programmed not just to be a jerk he's programmed to destroy <laughs> this is true so as much as it pains me to to say this and as much as it reinforces my decision to not have justice on our show again <laughs> i have to say chopper shows up and that's about it <laughs> like, like, like they introduce him he comes out and BT decimates him. That's what happens. That's what happens. However, however, I just like seeing the spirits flow, and because you guys know how I feel about droids. And all right, now I'm feeling better. So all right, keep up, keep up, all right. He's feeling better now. Yeah. Um, so, wait till later. So, um, but then Zeb scoops all his parts up. Because there's many parts, scoops um, <laughs> them up, and um, and the the crew of the ghost uh, cobbles him back together, and then he's he's back at it um, as a Spectre or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I I think in a straight on battle bot duel, he's just unfortunate. <laughs> now I'm depressed and I'm depressed tonight. <laughs> I mean, you're taking sarcasm to a gunfight, and as much as we'd like to vote for sarcasm, <laughs> like, it's, it can only go so far. That's what I do. That's my M.O. Yeah. 
mean, sarcasm is tearing of a flesh, so, you know. It's way more intellectual. I mean, come on. But sticks and stones may break my bones <laughs> or my circuitry. They, they do nothing for BT. Nothing. Before we had that fantastic question that uh, depressed Pat out of the show, um, we had um, talking about the torture droid, for example, and I think it was Gary who brought up, like, they actually enjoy what they're doing. Do you think that, for the most part, are droids a plot device, or are they characters with choices within the story? Or are they a mix of both? I think definitely a heck of a lot of both, but to speak on maybe R2 and Chopper in general, they're, they're like the classic plot device for any kind of technological jam, like, oh, R2 can get us out of this, he can hack our way out of this. It's like the classic, like, film hacker who, you know, takes out an iPod Nano and hacks into, I don't know, like, the IRS. Like, that's the way, R- that's the way R2 is. Like, they get into some technological jam, he shoves his thing in there, and then hacks his way out. So, I- as much as they provide character, they kind of provide just a, a like, technological override for any kind of mm. sticky situation. Unless, you know, um, there's there's some sort of issue, like... C-3PO and the, and the Garbage Masher, and R2 in the elevators. The interesting thing about like them, them switching or um, becoming more part of the story or less part of the story as a plot device or otherwise is uh, it's very interesting throughout the series, like for The Mandalorian with IG-11. You've got this that's very good at killing and very agile and spinny and everything else. Um, <laughs> being reprogrammed, but still having those same skills. So, you know, now his prime directive is to protect the child. And when you've got all these other characters coming after him, he's like, all right, well, I'm still going to protect him, but I'm going to take all you guys out in the process. So, like, with this, the biker scouts, he's just like, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am. And then he takes him off. And then he's going to town. He's like, pop, 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 pop. So he still has that same skill or programming, mm-hmm. but to a different end. You know, he um, he started out as an assassin that was there to, to essentially kill the child. Um, and now he's, he's flipped that to protect him. And sacrificing, too. Right. Right, and R2 was, was a um, Republic droid that was, you know, fixing the, the Queen's uh, Nubian, and, um, <laughs> and that's where he started, and then he ends up serving drinks on Java's sail barge. So, <laughs> so we can all aspire to get that level of success one day. Right. If you no, but- play cards right. <laughs> if you play cards right, for sure. So this is this is my my idea is I and I think we kind of t- touched on this in the last episode a little bit is other than C3PO and R2 in the original trilogy a lot of those droids are just plot devices and you know like cuz I don't really think everyone thought that Star Wars was going to get so big now that we have such more you know more you know TV shows movies you know it's been around for such a long time we all love every aspect of it and so the, there's there's more like well I want to learn more about you know these droids I want it so like we give them more of a character than them just being a plot um, plot device and so I think if you look at it just purely from the original trilogy they are but then and, and I'm sure there's fans that could just that they can you know disagree with me and 
you know, get around how they aren't in in the original trilogy. But then, like, when you look outside of that, they, they become more characters. I think part of Lucas's design of the original trilogy is, like, if you only have two droids, then that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, you can't have a whole galaxy and you only see the same two droids in the movies. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be other sort of background droids and everything else, you know, to, to make it believable. Like, okay, these two droids are, are with the Rebellion and, you know, they're doing their things, but there are other droids, you know? So, but, you know, like, like Justice said with the original trilogy, it's like, those ones don't matter to this story so much. So we don't need to explore them, and and they're just kind of background players. But they still exist to serve the story in terms of like you know these are they're different models, and and they serve different purposes, and you know they're they're they serve to make this world believable and lived in. And you've got lowly moisture farmers that have droids at their disposal. Then you would think that droids would be relatively accessible to the common person in it's the like gap. having a phone yes exactly. yes, yes. Exactly. it's a tool a tool mm-hmm. right. right so you know so you would you would expect to see them more than just these two that are central to the plot right but then like just saying like if we if we just said on here oh c3po and r2 are just just like phones to you know the star wars universe like people would be so offended by that because there's so much more than that so like i, I feel like the the love for the series has completely changed the way that we view, you know, the, these robots. You know, and that's an interesting point. Let's reframe it. Look at uh, Din Djarin, for example. When he first comes to Tatooine and the pit droids, he was like, Adamant, don't let those droids not touch my ship. Until IG-11 then has that transformative arc, sacrifices himself not only for the child, but for the greater good of the team. He comes back to Tatooine, suddenly the droids are cool. Brad, the other part of Scarif Podcast, when him and Roe came up with this whole idea for the Red 5 missions, he had presented a question. I can't wait to hear if you guys talk about how would someone treat a sentient droid with their mind being wiped? Is that akin to a human having their memory wiped? 3PO in uh, Rise of Skywalker, you've got L3, who in Solo was a human droid. That juxtaposition of mechanical versus human brings up a really interesting question, and I'll pose it to all of you guys. Does a droid become more human and therefore can't have that memory wipe or that deprogramming or reprogramming because we think that they're our tools versus their own sentient life? The one thing that I kind of struggle with, because... Rise of Skywalker poses the memory wipe as kind of a death for C-3PO. But the memory wipe in Episode 3 still very much carries on the personality of C-3PO in the original trilogy. So it's like, yes, the essence of the character still lives on. The personality lives on, but they lose the memory. So I don't know if it necessarily equates truly a character death or just like an amnesia kind of thing like the classic soap opera plot device but i i definitely think it poses a bit of a morality question on is it moral to wipe the memory mm-hmm. um but the memory wipe doesn't equate a wipe of personality a wipe of kind of the character of that droid i 
I think of it as like and our like it it was C three PO's choice to do it. So he like I don't know how what I'm where I'm going with this. Like R two like didn't get wiped for all this information, and I feel mm-hmm. like it would have been a the, like Anakin chose not to do that, um, and R two would have been you know adamant against against that. So I feel like a wipe is something that if a droid's going to do it, like they it should be their choice. Does that sound okay? Like I, I mean it. It's weird because like there are some droids like if you wiped a B one droid like I wouldn't care about, but like if you wiped R 2s memory like that's like that's going against the character. So yes. like it's it's very it gets very muddy. For sure, I think um, that there's uh, a certain level of like yeah okay, so the the character's personality remains. I wouldn't like my memory wiped. So I feel like uh, so justice kind of shed some light on that point of like these characters are kind of seen as throwaway characters whereas these other important characters are you know what a travesty that would be to lose all of r2's memory you know and in the end of revenge of the sith it's kind of used as a uh, comedic device you know they're like oh wipe the protocol droid's mine and he's like wait a minute what and it's like, well... <laughs> and R2 laughs. R2, like, literally has, like, a, a jovial sound to him. Yes. Like, ah, sucker. And, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where you can kind of rationalize why it would happen to this droid versus that droid. But it's still, you know, they've, they've been humanized through the films. Mm. And it's kind of a... Um, it's like a... Oh, man, they're going to... They're going to wipe his memory, which makes sense for, you know, the the transition from episodes three to four to have him not have all that knowledge. So how do you how do you accomplish that? I wipe his memory. It makes serves the story. But at the same time, it's like, ooh, that kind of kind of stinks. If leaders of the of the Republic slash rebellion um, need this droid for this thing and they don't need his memory and wipe it you know i think it comes back down to also like it's they're essentially slaves so like if the master wants that then he's gonna do what he wants with you know this this person they really don't have much say in it so like and if it's gonna save the galaxy then do it you know kind of thing um to add in a little bit with r2 like i know in clone wars anakin mentions how he doesn't mind wipe r2 between every mission and how R2 is, like, a chronicle for the entire, like, Skywalker saga. And to memory wipe him, I think it feels kind of like a burning of the books Nazi style, where you're taking away this chronicle of all of the immensity that is Star Wars, versus, like, if you might wipe C-3PO from the prequels, like, yes, is it a little bit sad? Kind of. But he has his personality. But if you like mind wipe R two at the end, it's like you're you're losing a lot of immense mm-hmm. history. Yeah, and I think that's a good yeah, screw three C three PO. So I think a good um a good place to uh, interject with this. Uh, I know Charles and I were speaking prior to this about the uh, droid story project that, that they've announced and how it makes total sense because, you know, there's, there's 
theory that the Skywalker saga is through the eyes of R2 and C-3PO. Well, R2 and C-3PO is kind of his... <laughs> Half memory. <laughs> or two-thirds. Yeah. <laughs> his amnesiac friend. So, um, uh, so I think that it is interesting and kind of cool to have the you know droid story project kind of give that perspective. Because in some ways we have that perspective from the films and to kind of see that carry over into this other project is, is a, is a really cool homage to that, I think. Right. For, for the fans who don't know, um, the Disney recently, you know, announced that they have a bunch of projects coming out and there's like 10 of them. Some of them we know, some of them we don't. One of the new ones is droids. I have to be honest of all of them. I think that's the one that I'm least excited about, What <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not excited at all, but like, but, no, okay, like, listen, listen, listen. I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to <laughs> you want a shovel? I'll give you a shovel. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk that's bad about entire, this because, like, it's, 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 it's about, like, C3, it's about C-3PO and R2, you know, like, going on these stories. There's always been that, like, you know, that conspiracy theory that, like, Star Wars is just R2 telling a whole story. So that, like, maybe if they did that, that'd be kind of cool. That That's another thing. But... What I'm trying to like say is, you know, if you read a certain point of view um, from the New Hope one, there are stories where they they're told from the droid's perspective, and it's really extremely fascinating. So what I was going to say is, uh, I'm excited to see what they do because if they're able to write, you know, short little chapters from a droid perspective and make it interesting, I think LucasArts and the you know ILM is going to be able to do, you know, awesome stuff with this TV show. And that's what I was going to say. So get off my back. <laughs> Okay, but he's excited for it. He's just more excited about casting Andor. <laughs> I mean, how could no, you not the, be? The accolade sounds so fire. It's oh like, yeah! Oh my gosh! <laughs> but guys, I have to ask: Has anyone seen the 1985 animated droids series? Like live, live, else? live. Saturday morning cartoons, baby, live. Hell yes. <laughs> now, like, they're, they're acting like this is something new, but it really isn't. Check it out. The entire series is on YouTube, but, like, and they're, Check it's out cool. Special. I kind of um, love that they're, thank you for plugging our own episode. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, but, wait, wait, wait. Did yeah. you guys plug your own episode inside your last episode? <laughs> That's like, that's like five months in Dude, that's our MO, okay? Five <laughs> all right? Don't knock it. Charles, are you taking notes? Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, we've had a fantastic discussion tonight about not just part one on Pod Wars, but also on our show tonight about droids and how they've changed and not only changed from the from the perspective of the movies but also from the perspective of society we have r2 and 3po being the plucky heroes of the original trilogy all the way through to ig11 who became a a, a symbol of change like pat was saying that he's a bounty hunter who was programmed and paid in some way to kill the child that Din Jaren didn't want to have happen. He took him out. Quill took him, reprogrammed him, became the nurse droid, the protector. You have a series of movies that were created in, in 1977 that 
were an allegory for uh, World War II and the Nazis and, and some of the uniforms of making an approachable story for oppression and the rebels and people, you know, overcoming oppression all the way through to last season of The Mandalorian of everyone has a chance to change, change perspective, even from the most deadly of droids all the way to the protector. And I think the droids really do represent the best of humanity because not only can you project your happiness, sadness, evil, all these different kinds of emotions that the humans have onto these droids, they really represent the best part of the fans that who are watching them and it gives an extra layer of uh, appreciation for the characters and the story. And if it weren't for the droids, I don't think that my appreciation for the Star Wars story would be as deep if it wasn't for these characters who represented the pure representation of the emotions that I felt that day, whether it was Chopper on one day or C-3PO on another day or Mr. Bones for that matter. You know, like there's always an element of these droids that I can go back to and pluck out of the story that really connects to me. Uh, yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think it's kind of like how... Um... And again, I, I'm a huge, well, not again, I'm a huge Superman fan. And Justice often teaks on our show how Superman isn't grounded because he's super high level power and not necessarily relatable. These droids are very relatable among beings of super high level power. And because of that, you can just connect to the Star Wars saga in a very interesting and just a closer way. My opinion of Superman has changed. So if you want to come on to Podwords and hear my opinion, you can do that. We're on an anti-justice streak, one bit about Superman, and that's that's it. We're calling it quick. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Man no, no, of Steel no, no. is I, a great movie. I'll shut send up, that to not, the day I die. It is not a good movie, and I actually do have a very light and good uh, opinion of Superman. So if you're curious about that, we can talk about that after this episode. All right. What so uh, this has been Conversation. <laughs> And no, Pod Wars is going to be an all-Superman podcast from now on. <laughs> I'll just make my own. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, you guys, we, we've made it established that, you know, droids aren't my favorite, but I do agree with the sentiment that you guys that are saying, but, you know, they add a whole lot to the story and they add a lot of, like, character and, you know, it wouldn't be Star Wars without them. And so some aspect, like, I do appreciate uh, characters and pieces in the Star Wars universe. The droids are immensely important. And regardless of whether you think they're annoying, you think they're a plot device or whatever the case may be, they propel the story forward. They bridge that gap between humanity or alien and technology, and they're essential to the story. What I will yeah. say is that our one and only non-Star Wars appearance on another podcast was with the Force of Light Entertainment, Natalie and Michelle, also Red 5 Network. We went on and talked about Man of Steel, and we spent, uh, what, over an hour talking about how awesome the Man of Steel was. I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars. And why? Because... What? E.T. would kill Superman. No. <laughs> nothing nothing of the sort. Because that would never happen. What I will say is that the sentiment and the character development of Superman and or Star Wars or any character within changes as society changes as a storytelling device. From 1977 in Star Wars through to today, what society is accepting and expects of a story to develop 
I think we need to talk about the technical difficulties faced by the production team in the movements of BB-8. <laughs> so, to start Nick, out, oh, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> if you, you want to know how BB-8 was uh, uh, added into scenes, you can check out our Jack. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I got we got to pick this up. This strategy of Pod Wars, guys. <laughs> well, how about this? Instead of spending another 25 30 minutes on the uh, the connections between Superman and Star Wars as an allegory for society, how about we go around the room and we talk about maybe our favorite droids and our favorite moments to end on a lighter note <laughs> and as friends. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite joy is triple zero because he likes to go and kill people how's that for a lighter note <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic yeah, that's exactly where we're heading okay, <laughs> no no i'm just messing around i think my like i'll like as uh, basic as the answer is i really do think my favorite you know uh droid is r2 because of the moments in attack of the clones and revenge of the sith um the movies that i grew up watching and so there's a lot of those scenes um, are sentimental to me, so I, I really, really like R2. I would say um, R2 is definitely my favorite droid. I've grown to oddly love C-3PO. I, I don't know. It's mainly because I have a clap-on and clap-off light that is purely <laughs> um, attached to C-3PO, and every time I clap off the lights in my living room, it's him saying, something's not right, because now I can't see. <laughs> Um, I got that from my father-in-law. Shout out to my father-in-law. Thank you so much. That's awesome. You've got them on backwards, you heavy oak. <laughs> it's a multi-layered answer. Okay. This question. Everybody likes a parfait. It's okay. I feel I feel like Tom from Hyperion Adventures podcast when I say this. He's asked to give one answer and he gives three. My longest favorite droid is R2D. I don't know why, but he is. My most identifiable favorite, I think, is K2SO, because he's a sarcastic son of a... <laughs> and um, I think my favorite droid to watch is Chopper, just because mm. he's... So there's my answer. Well, every droid that I love and connect to has been mentioned. Um, so I'll mention one that hasn't been yet, and it's uh, Mr. Bones. And beyond his awesome paint job... Uh, I've grown to appreciate his dedication to Snap Wexley, and not only him, but his mother. And uh, that type of family essence has sort of struck a chord as a father. Beyond 3PO, which I love, R2-D2 is fantastic chopper. Uh, Mr. Bones is one of those outside characters that I've uh, really grown to love as well. I do have to say, you had a fantastic time in Celebration Chicago. Played at C3PO. Yes. <laughs> What days did you guys go? All five. Oh, Dang, we probably passed uh, Evan and I went Thursday, and then I was there Monday. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Let's. Um, we were. Let's see. Thursday was uh, was Jedi, right? Was Jedi Day? Yeah. We were yeah. Obi Wan and uh, and Qui Gon, and Monday we were. That was um was the last day, right? Yeah. We were the droids. So yeah, we were C three PO. That's right, we were three PO and R two D two. Pat was literally yeah. wearing that hat he's wearing right now. Yes, um, and that's like your um, that was your time to shine. Yeah, that was my peak. It's been downhill ever since. 
<laughs> I mean, that reminds me of Wizard Con, where Justice and I went as one of each of Henry Cavill's pets <laughs> as a Superman cosplay. <laughs> it was Justice a really did, fun time. Justice kind of did it half fast because he wasn't really into it. Um, he I wasn't a popping pet, that's for sure. <laughs> Henry Cavill is a beautiful man. <laughs> this is true. I think that it's been uh, quite enlightening tonight. Uh, I've had a blast. And I know Charles has too, because he always does. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you guys have as well. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having us on your podcast, for better or worse. Um for all of y'all listeners, you can get in touch with us at Podworth Podcast on Twitter or ask Podworth Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your thoughts, your answers. Um, let Justice know how much you love Henry Cavill as Superman in the comments with a five-star review. Um, let us know. Uh, go answer the tough questions. Left peck or right peck? Which one do you think is the greater aspect of Henry Cavill's physique in Men of Steel? That's the kind of things we want to know at Pod Wars. And you can find us on all the streaming platforms. If Gary didn't fail to mention that because I'm taking this very seriously now. But... <laughs> We're on, you know, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, wherever you, you know, get off and watch, listen to podcasts. That's where we're at. <laughs> and Pat, where can everyone find us? Well, I, I, I think Gary hit the important parts. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're all over the internet to um, to our wives' dismay. Uh, we are at conversations.com. That's our main hub, as it were. And then we're on the Facebooks at Conversations, facebook.com slash conversations. Uh, we got the Instagram at Conversations and on Twitter at Swations. We are part of the Red 5 Network, like these fine gentlemen. And we are um, also um, hosting, uh, well, we're actually about to clear out the cobwebs of the spreadshirts. <laughs> we can um, add some fun new little ditties to that. Well, gentlemen... Thank you very much for coming on tonight. It was a fantastic Red 5 mission. Part 1, like we said, is over at Powered Wars. Part 2, you just listened to, and we hope that you had a chance to think differently about the droids as we have. And, uh, yeah, and we really appreciate you guys coming on. And a true essence of Superman. (laughs) True. (laughs) Pat, you want to take us out? All right, I guess since this is a droid episode, the Force will be with you. Always. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.